0: What's going on guys? Welcome to the Against All Odds podcast. I'm doing an Instagram live. It's just me today. Again, um, next week, hopefully Mimi will be here, but for now, you're just stuck with me. Let's roll the intro and then I'll get into the Instagram live questions as well as the Against All Odd podcast. Roll intro. All right, what's going on Instagram live? Go ahead and ask questions. I'm going to do this as a podcast. I'll upload it to YouTube and it will also be up on the Podbean website as well so go ahead ask some questions and we'll see what we get going um right now there's no questions so i'm just gonna sit here i did finish the ax soccer combine so i finished that a few that was yesterday i finished that three days of good 11v11 11 11 games and it was just it was intense it was a lot of work uh i think because in like the last eight days i had about Five days of 11v11 11 11 games. So my body is wrecked. I can't remember the last time I played five 11v11 11 11 games that quickly. Um, so let's go. Here we go. Now we got some questions going on. Let's see what people are saying. Um, how are the combines going? They're going really well. I mean, anytime you have these combines, it's you need the stars to align for them to work out. So it's just kind of like, you know, if something happens, like a shot in the dark, we'll see what happens. But they're going well. And I've gotten good feedback for most of them. So pretty good. What team am I with right now? I don't have a team right now. I'm a free agent. I was down in New Zealand, but I'm looking to play in the USL or like an equivalent pro league elsewhere around the world. Um, How do you deal with playing with teammates that you don't like? Well, you don't have a choice. I mean, they're your teammates. I've played with many teammates I don't like. So you just have to, I mean, you don't have to be friends with your teammates. It's, it's It's good if you are friends with your teammates, but you don't need to be friends with your teammates. All that matters is if you can play with each other. So it's a, you don't need to be. I've had many teammates where I'm not friends with. Um have I gotten any offers from any teams yet? No, I have not. I haven't gotten any contract offers yet. Um but we will see this off season is always it's so hard in the off season because it's it's a game of it's strategies. So a lot of these USL teams will basically hold out as for as long as possible to try to get you for cheap because then players start getting desperate and then USL teams can start lowballing players. I mean, if they hit them up in November or September or October saying like, yes, we want you, let's sign you. um, Then you'd be like, okay, I got tons of time. And they ask for more money versus if they hold out until January and offer you a contract, you're more likely to be like, yeah, I'll take anything I can get. So it's, it's a mind game. It always is. And that's always how it works. And if you can get a contract early, you're in a very good situation, but um, all the leverage, all the powers like in the team's hands. So it makes it very challenging, especially if you haven't if you're not coming off a great season in the USL. If you're like me coming in from a new uh, you know, I, I didn't play in the USL last year. I played in New Zealand. Now I'm trying to get back in. I don't have any leverage, which makes it pretty hard. Whose style do you like more, Ronaldo or Messi? I think Messi's the better player. 100 percent I think Messi's the better player, but I root for Ronaldo. I like Ronaldo more and I and I relate to his athletic style um, and just work ethic, I love that about Ronaldo. So that's definitely my uh, one of my favorite soccer players of all time, and somebody I, I really been like rooting for. Are you a pro footballer? So I've been on I've been under professional contracts for four years. That's I've been fully professional contracts for four years, and then I've been playing in a fully professional league with a fully professional team um, in 2016 and 2017. Last year, or this 2018 year, I played down in New Zealand in a semi pro league. But I was under a professional contract there. So um, it just, it always depends. Everybody's got their own version of what a pro qualifies as. But I figure if you're making enough money to survive and you can continue to do what you do, I consider that as, as a pro. But I know like in England, they wouldn't consider that because they say like if you're in the fifth division, but you're making enough to survive and live and that's your only job, they still wouldn't consider you a pro. So it's, it's always interesting with different countries like that. Um, how are your Adidas X, uh, boots? Are they laceless or the ones with laces? So I got the laced Adidas X 18.1s. I, I'm not a fan of like laceless cleats. I think that my foot slides around so much in those cause I already have a skinny foot. My foot fits really well inside those boots, but it it's just, I don't know. I just get blisters and I'm just such a Nike guy. So I'll try to break them in over time, but I might end up giving them away or selling them or doing something. So it's, it's always a struggle how to, oh my God, every single, every single live stream, how to train a left foot, how to get better with your left foot. I want you guys all to answer that in the comment section, but very briefly, you train your left foot by using your left foot. You get fitter by going on runs. You, do, you improve your shooting by taking more shots. You improve your juggling by juggling more. You improve your strength by working out. That's how it is. You, I feel like it's just an excuse that you guys are using. This is like, I don't know how to improve my left foot. But really, you do know how to improve your left foot. You go out and you use your left foot in these drills. You guys just don't want to go out there and be bad at it. You know, you think there's some secret that you're missing. There's no secret. And it, it it's so frustrating. And I wish, I need you guys to know this, that every time I read that, all I'm in my head, all I can see is just an excuse. That's honestly what I read. Every time I read one of those questions. Do I play video games? Um, I haven't played video games like on a console or computer and years I don't even play FIFA um, I'm just I'm really too busy for that right now I do play some stupid like games on my phone sometimes like if I'm on an airplane or I'll get like addicted to something and then after about two days I'll delete it off my phone because I get completely addicted by it because I have a super super addictive personality where I can just get obsessed over stuff very very easily like YouTube and I and luckily I've had amazing parents and like people around me to push that into like really good outlets like working out and soccer and youtube and business and stuff like that but it could easily easily tip over to bad stuff but luckily i've, I've always been raised i guess the right way let's see what else what other questions we got um What do you think of the new USL championship, League 1 and League 2? It really is the same exact thing as, as it was before. It's just a rebranding. It's just new names. They just want to make it one succinct league in one group. So I think it's good for US soccer. I think it's good that we have now have that third division. Um, league 1 as a professional league as well. It kind of takes over the NASL. So I think it's good. But there's really not much difference going on. I mean, just a little bit different names. What is the best time to start weightlifting as a kid? Um, so everybody, you know, I've been reading, a t- I do this so much research on this, um, but basically the consensus of the scientific community right now is that it's safe for kids as young as nine years old to start doing weightlifting movements, as long as it's in a structured you know, program built on proper form and the weight, you know, you don't do one rep maxes, but it's it literally like people think that weightlifting is so dangerous. And really, if you use proper form with it and you just aren't going crazy, it's just like any other type of exercising, playing basketball, soccer, doing all that stuff. And actually, actually, there's like a, a much higher risk for just playing soccer and basketball and all this other stuff. But weightlifting gets a, a lot of negative publicity and hype for whatever reason, whatever reason is out there. Am I scared of getting an injury from wearing FG boots on AG fields? So I've been wearing FG boots on AG fields for, I'd say, 20 years now. 20 years I've been doing that. Actually, I probably started playing on AG fields probably around the age of 10, so 15, 16 years. And I haven't had one problem with it in those 15, 16 years, so I haven't seen a huge need for it. Um, now if it bothers you and you feel like there's a big difference, then go for it. But after 15 and 16 years for myself, I haven't seen that crazy of a difference. Um, I've never had my like cleat get caught in the turf and I feel like I've twisted weird. Honestly, you know, I better knock on wood, but that hasn't happened to me. Not even close. So, you know, I think it's okay. What's your favorite part of the grind? It's it's literally the entire process. I mean, every single thing like every day is just waking up and you get you you have just just such a purpose in life like that's something I know I'm going to miss a ton when I when I retire, when I quit, is that every single day you wake up and you just have this goal that you want to get, you know. You know, you want to kill your workout, you want to have a great training session, you want to improve a certain part of your of your game. You know, you're trying to get fitter, you're trying to get stronger, you're trying to get faster, you're trying to get more technical, trying to improve your shots or your crosses or just improve for this next season. You have so many goals. It's just constant, constant trying to reach the next goal, trying to reach the next goal. So I will definitely miss that, like the the playing and that grind of constantly improving. But I think I'm going to kind of like relay that over to the next part of my life, whatever that is. So if I open like the training facility or I continue with YouTube or do whatever, it's just going to be constant, constant um, progression and try like improvement of whatever those new goals are going to be. So I think that constant having that uh, I'm going to miss. Daniel Thomas, Danny comes in, Danny, one of my friends from college comes into every single live stream I do. I don't know how he does it. How to stay motivated when losing motivation. This is another question. This is another question I get pretty much every single live stream. And I actually go, I go to my Instagram. I posted something right now. And immediately it, the, the quote I just posted was like, it was along the lines of, the fact that you're not where you want to be should be enough motivation, and that's one way to look at it. Constantly, like I want to, I want to be with a USL team right now. I want to have that USL contract. I don't have that right now, so that should be enough motivation to reach that next to to continue to go out and train, to continue to work out, to continue to get fitter. You know, to do all this, that should be enough motivation that I don't have a contract right now as well as that I don't really believe it that you should need daily motivation. You need only motivation to develop a habit. Once you develop a habit, you know, it becomes part of your routine and once it's in your routine, you just wake up and do it. And I compare it to brushing your teeth, you know. You don't wake up and be like, "Okay, I need to get motivation to brush your teeth." You just it's part of your routine. Every single day, you wake up, you brush your teeth, done. You know, it doesn't take any extra motivation or quotes or anything. And that's how I see working out and training. You wake up, I brush my teeth, I go to the gym, I come back, and then I go out to the field and I train. Like that's my routine that I do every single day. Same with the gym, same with everything. So I don't believe, I, I believe in motivation to get you started and you need that and I, hopefully it comes from inside like you, that you want to reach goals. But then once you develop the routine, you shouldn't need motivation. Do you think that sprint speed or endurance is more important in matches? I think both are incredibly, incredibly important. You can't have just one, you know, you need to have at least a decent sprint speed and you need to have endurance. If you don't have either, then you're screwed. You're not going to be a pro. And even I get this, a lot of people say like, well, there's lots of pros that aren't fast. There's lots of pros that aren't fast in comparison to the other pros that are extremely fast, but even the slow pros, even the slower guys on the field would still be probably one of the faster guys on your team, on your club team, right on your team that you have you watching that right now they'd still be incredibly fast compared to the average person, but compared to uh, Mbappe or Neymar or Messi or Ronaldo, yeah, they're pretty slow. Do you have different approaches when trying out for different teams? I like that question. That's a good question. That's something I haven't really had before. I would say no. I would say that mainly for every single team that I've ever tried out for, my mentality has been, you know, play my game, play how I always play. And I do this because If your styles don't align, let's say you are a very possession-based center midfielder and you just like to go pop, 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 you know, playing the ball around, you don't like to take people on or do whatever, you want to find a team that is that same exact way. You want a team that's going to be playing the ball around, possession style, so that you will thrive. If you try to change your style into more of a dribbling, because you know that, you know, a more dribbling, taking on guys type style, and you just change the way that you like to play as a player, and then that coach goes, you know what, I like him, he dribbles a lot. And he takes you on the team, you either change your entire game from there on out, or you go back to your normal style of what you always do and what you feel comfortable with and what you're good at. And then your coach is gonna be like, no, I, I don't want that, you know. So for me as a wingback, um, you know, that likes to push up the field, goes fast, athletic, direct, um, speed, and try to like create a lot of chances up front, and then just solid defensively. You know, I'm, I have weaknesses, and my weaknesses are, you know, creativity in the final third. I'm not like the most uh flare type player you know I, I can't hit the best pinging long balls or service all the time my strengths are my speed my work rate my endurance my technical skills are sort of like first touch and small space passing my combinations and going and pushing up the field those are my strengths so that's what i do in every single trial regardless of what the team's looking for and if it's the right fit then that's the place i want to be and if it's not and the team's not looking for that then that's not a team that i would want to be long term because my skill set probably wouldn't be as appreciated as it would be elsewhere, you know? And there is a little bit of like give and take because, you know, sometimes you do can't, you can adapt your style of play a little bit. You know, when I was playing with OC blues, we were more direct hit long balls a little bit more with the St. Louis FC. It was more possession based, no more, not as many long balls. So I altered my game, my, my style of play a little bit to fit into that mold But I didn't completely change it. I still was going with my normal, what I always do. So I altered it, but with trials, I pretty much just play my game. And then once you get into the system, then you can alter your game to fit the system and to to really do what your coach is asking for. Are ID camps worth it? I'm going to save this question for my next YouTube video, which will be out Monday, where I literally answer that exact question in depth. So stay tuned for that one. Um, let's see. How do you deal with rejection from teams? You just got to get used to it (laughs) because I've been rejected by 15 to from 15 to 20 teams now throughout my career, probably more. And you either deal with it and you move on or you quit, right? Those are your only two options. So you just move on and you improve. And I always think you can always take the criticism that you get, the constructive criticism that you can get from every single team and every single coach. You know, like for Charlotte um, or uh, other teams, you know, that I've been talking to when they give me reject, when they reject me or they don't even reject me, but they give me constructive criticism. Then I listen to that and hear and like, think, okay, maybe they want me to be a little bit more creative in the final third, or maybe they want this, or maybe want this. And I can improve that and work on that on my own. But, you know, at the same time, you do have to kind of stay strong and be confident with yourself as well. What camera do I use? I use the Canon 80D and I love it. I'm filming this right now on it. Absolutely love that camera. Um, I've been thinking about upgrading, but that camera just does exactly what I need it to. The only thing it doesn't really do the best is slow motion. I would love 120 frames per second so I can get like buttery smooth slow-mo, but it's okay. How to stay motivated? I've already answered this. Does having money impact a player's career? I think so. To be 100% honest, I do think that. Um, I do think that you don't need to have money. But if you do have money, it sets you up um, for teams that, you know, like for club teams, that's pay to play. If you do have money, you can pay for that, then you're more likely to be selected for the team. And you can do those opportunities. The same exact way of that you need money to go on trials. You know, a lot of times the team's not going to pay for your flights or your hotels or your food when you're on trial or you want to go. Like when I over, went over to Germany, I had to pay my way. You know, I booked a one-way ticket. I had to pay for all the accommodation when I was over there. And so if you have that money, you can do that. You can, you can take that chance. And if I didn't have any money to, to be able to go do that, I wouldn't have played over in Germany. I wouldn't have played for the Orange County Blues. I wouldn't have had the career that I, I did have. So having money and being put away, saved for that, completely helped my career for that I wouldn't have been the the player you know even with like coming from my family my family supported me and helped me out a lot if I didn't have my family I don't know where I would have been with soccer I don't even even know if I would have played club soccer so unfortunately you know money does really make the world go around favorite MLS team is the Portland Timbers well this is a pretty good question I like this one Um, Will shooting with bad technique a lot improve your technique? So that's a good question. And I think, I honestly think so. I do. And people say that, you know, practice doesn't make perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect. I do believe that it should be done the right way. But I think with learning a technique, so much of it is learning what doesn't work. You know, you go out there and you hit it with your instep and it curls and you go, what? Why does it keep curling? And you keep hitting with your instep and it keeps curling over to the left, to the left, to the left. And then all of a sudden you're messing around doing something different and you hit it on the laces right where it needs to be hit. And it knuckles and it, it pings into the goal. And you're like, holy crap, how did I do that? And then you learn, it's like, oh, I, well, I kind of tucked my knee in and I hit it more with the laces there. So do, using that bad technique and learning what doesn't work can help you learn how to curl the ball when you do want to do that kind of technique And you can also learn the right technique when you mess around and try different styles. And so that's literally what I did to learn. Like I didn't come from a soccer family. Um, None of my really like coaches or anything helped me out like really were that good to teach me the proper technique until it was almost like, until I was like 13, I was with Matt Atencio and Eddie Krueger. Those guys really taught me how to kick. But when I was a kid with my dad out of the field, my dad was learning how to kick the ball the right way when I was learning. So we were kind of almost bouncing ideas off each other. I'm like, okay, I think I, you know, tuck your knee in or turn this way or lean. So I just use bad technique for years and years. It's not the fastest rate of development, but you still can develop. And I think if I had, you know, a a top coach with his UEFA A license or whatever, coming in teaching me the proper technique when I was five years old, I think I would have progressed faster. But using the bad technique and taking so long to learn over years and years of bad technique I still got it. You know, I still learned how to do it. It just took a long time. That's a good question, though. Can I do a fan meetup at Lincoln High School? We'll see over the break. I I think over the break could be good. We'll see. We'll see. How to improve? Let's see. What's another one? Are your Adidas X 18.1s feeling better? I. I haven't worn them to be honest since that one video that I got super frustrated with them um, because I've been doing combines. I literally went, you know, I wore those on like Wednesday or Thursday of the last week that I flew to the the city to do my USL trial. And then I wore my mercurial vapors that I just love the green ones for the two days of that combine, flew back to California. Then I took two days of rest and then I had a three-day combine here in up in Irvine, California. And then I wore my green mercurials as well. So I really, you know, and then today I rested because I'm my body is so beat up from like five days of combines over the last eight days, but I will start breaking them in again, especially over you know as we go over Christmas and I, I gotta take a little bit of easing and I can do a little bit more easier training with them, but we'll see, we'll see how they uh, how they do for sure. Um, what do I do if my teammates don't like to play with me? Are you saying like don't like to play you the ball? If they don't like to play you the ball then you really you know, you have to assert yourself and demand the ball when you need it. And then if they still don't, then you need to confront them or talk to the coach, and you need to sort that out. But if you're talking about outside of training, like you want to do your own small group sessions outside of training and they won't play with you, then don't worry about it. You can't convince somebody to work hard. So you just got to go and train on by yourself. Let's see what else what other what else we got down here. I love these, you know, I love doing this I really do. I I know if I can just help a few of you with each one of these live streams or one of these podcasts or whatever It's always worth it. Even if I'm sorry if you guys hear the same questions all the time But that might just be motivation for you guys to get on this live stream and ask really good questions Why do you never practice defending since you're a defender? to be 100% honest why I never practiced defending defending has always come very I don't want to say natural to me but that's that's one of the strengths of my game 100% has been the strength of my game I just you know I just wait and I'm athletic and I wait and I wait and I wait for the attacker to make a mistake or I wait for him to try to beat me down the line and then I use my body to get in front of him and I've never you know I've never had a coach come up to me and say what's holding you back from playing in the MLS or playing at the next level is your 1v1 defending. Whenever I get an evaluation from a coach or a scout or anybody, it's your strengths are 1v1 defending, uh, your athleticism, your dribbling, you know, your your combination play, but your weaknesses that I always get is creativity. I always get my weaknesses is my delivery or my service of passes or longer balls or crosses. And I would say probably it was my first touch. But now, honestly, I haven't been getting that as much anymore, which is awesome because that shows I've been working so much on that. So those my weaknesses really are creativity in the final third and my service of crosses and long balls and passes over like 20, 30 yards. So those are now, you know, that's what's holding me back. And that's why I want to improve on. So that's I mean, that's why I just don't work on defending. That defending is, I would say, honestly, I feel like one v one defending would be easily USL level and maybe even MLS level. So I want to work on the stuff that's holding me back. And that's always been kind of my mentality, even in high school. You know, when my college coach would say, or not my college coach, my high school coach, when my high school coach would say, look, you have the technical skills, you're playing, your your creativity, everything at the high school level. He's like, you're, you're a high school varsity starter easily. What's holding you back is your physical attributes, your speed, your strength, um, your size, all that stuff is holding me back. So I focused a lot more energy into becoming stronger, becoming faster, becoming more explosive, becoming more athletic, gaining more muscle mass. I focused my all more energy on that. And that's what really helped me become a high not only just a high school starter but like the MVP and the captain of my high school team, the leading goal scorer and then getting a D1 college scholarship. Like that's what helped me, it was focusing on my weakness there. So my mentality since I was a kid was always been Focus on your worst part of your game. And you can always work to improve your strengths. But what I do to improve my strengths is not really defensive drills. You know, I'll play, I'll, I do, I just play 1v1 or I play mini goals and I just do like normal defensive work. But that, you know, something, that's just something that's, I've never really needed to do a lot of extra work on. Favorite fullbacks to watch at the moment. I love Kyle Walker. I used to really, really like Donny Alves. But I still do, I still do like to watch him. But Kyle Walker recently has been really cool to watch. What can I do if my parents are asking me to study instead of football, but they, but they partially support me? So I would just get straight A's, like in high school, my mom would always complain to me throughout the year and she'd be like, Matthew, you need to study more, you need to do schoolwork, I never see you study, I never see you do any schoolwork, blah, 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 blah. And then I would get straight A's, every single report card, I get straight A's. I had a 4.2 weighted GPA in high school. And then once, you know, my freshman year and sophomore year, I was getting straight A's and a 4.2 GPA. My mom was like, okay, well, yeah, you just keep doing what you're doing, you're killing it. And then I could do less, you know, I, I did less of the studying and I just kept kept on focusing on soccer and I kept on getting great, great grades. So my advice is to literally just get great grades and then your, your parents can't complain, they'll be happy. What is my fastest ever mile time? I haven't timed a mile since like I was in high school, to be 100% honest. I think my fastest ever was like five minutes and 15 seconds back in high school. That was like eight years ago. I have no idea if it's faster, slower, whatever right now. Um, What are there? <laughs> Somebody goes, anybody in LA have a floor I could stay on tonight. I'm on a road trip. That's hustle right there. That's hustling to find a room. I like that. <laughs> Why is it that I could beat you one-on-one in soccer and soccer ball? <laughs> My favorite workout in the gym. I love high intensity workouts that get you sweating and that are really, really challenging. So, but I'm not a huge fan of like the I mean, CrossFit workouts are good, but I think they're just so taxing on the body. So I'm a really big fan of incorporating lots of supersets. Um, I've been really, really into like functional movements lately. So like uh, med ball slams, box jumps, uh, let's see what other ones, battle ropes and pull ups and push ups and like all that kind of stuff, as well as incorporating completely normal or not normal, I shouldn't say normal, completely uh, just regular gym exercises like the lunges and the box squats and deadlifts and trap bar deadlifts and all that stuff. I like incorporating like these high intensity workouts where as soon as I finish one exercise, I'm going to the next one and I'm super setting back and forth. So I'm breathing heavy and hard. That's Those are the workouts that I really, really have been liking a lot. Should I start using the gym more often because it's off season? Off season, off season is a great time to do more gym work. Because you have all this time to recover, you don't have games to prepare for. So I think if you want to improve your your muscle mass or your strength or your uh, acceleration or your just general, you know, whatever in the gym, you want to improve, that's something you really want to do, then yeah, do a little bit more, you know, do four or five days a week in the gym, go for it. Uh, but just don't let that take away from training or doing anything. Like for me, I have this opportunity right now where all I have to do every single day is really just work out and train. So I can work out, you know, five, four or five days a week, and train five, six days a week, you know, if my body will allow me to. Did you play varsity all four years in high school? No. So listen to this high school career. This is if the first three years of my high school career. You would have thought that this kid would not even be able to go on to play D three soccer. Freshman year, I played JV. Actually, did a decent year uh, on the JV team. Sophomore, sophomore year. I made varsity but I was too small, I was too unathletic, I was too weak to really get into any games and I struggled and I, I hated, hated training. I was always the one who got, not bullied, but I got uh, pushed around. I was small, I was tiny, I was 110 pounds like as a sophomore. So I was getting pushed around so much at training that I just didn't find it fun anymore and then so i worked so hard in the gym and i pushed myself to really gain muscle mass and speed and strength because i wanted the next year my junior year to be better but then i go and i hurt myself just i was squatting and i think i played in a game as well and i just did too much leg stuff and i tore my uh, glute and i was out for 3 months and i missed my completely i missed my full junior year season so freshman sophomore and junior year i pretty much had zero starts for varsity I had like a few games as a sophomore. I think I had like one goal completely. That's it. And then um, my senior year, I just come back and everything clicked. You know, I was uh, at that point, I had done so much gym work that I was strong, athletic, and very fast, and and just had like a really good soccer physique. I think I was like 150 pounds at that point, like six feet tall. So still skinny, but I was good for a high school athlete. And then I combined that all with my technical skills and all the work that I've been putting in on the field. And it just all came together and had a really, really good high school or senior year. But if you would have looked at me in junior year, you'd have been like, there's no way this kid's gonna play college soccer, let alone D1 college soccer. I got that backwards. <laughs> there's no way this kid's gonna play D1 college soccer, let alone just college soccer in general. Um... Where are you living currently? So right now I'm in Southern California and then um, I am going back to Portland on Thursday to be with my family over Christmas. Danny, stop talking in the live stream, oh my God. Um, okay, I'm way behind on comments. I'm gonna catch up now. Wow, I was so far behind. Um, let's see, let's see, Matt. I got patellar tendonitis in May and I got laser treatment and it came back. Should I seek other treatment? Does it ever go away? I watched your vid on it and it's pissing me off because I can't lift legs. Um, so it's hard because legs or the patellar tendonitis. Once you do get it, it's very, very likely to return. And you're pretty much going to have to do rehab exercises in my, what I found for the rest of your life. Um, if you really want to like subdue it, and anytime you go really heavy again, it's going to start to flare up. Um, I've heard that, you know, maybe surgery might help, but I would definitely go and see if different physios or different physical therapists or different doctors and get MRIs and do whatever to try to fix it. Because I do think there's always a way to fix it, um, but it, it might require surger- surgery, it might require grueling rehab or tons and tons of time but i had that my patellar tendonitis was so bad that i couldn't sit in a chair for more than an hour um i couldn't walk without limping at one point it was so bad and now i got to the point where i can play 90 minute games i can do leg workouts without any discomfort at all i get a little bit you know sometimes after like you know three days of this combine it will get a little inflamed but you know I just kind of like rest it and I just be smart with it and I do my rehab exercises and it's it's great. So I do think that you can definitely get it down. I was at like really, really bad patellar tendonitis almost to the point where like I needed surgery, but just through a lot of rest, a lot of rehab, a lot of strengthening exercises, I was got it to the point where like it doesn't even affect my workouts or my gym or my fitness or my game and all on the field. <sighs> How do I let's see how do how do you deal with criticism um, so this is something that you know you get a lot especially when you put out your entire life and your game and everything your workouts your trainings on YouTube you get a lot of criticism constantly and at first I did I think you know I'd be lying if I say I didn't let it affect me especially in the beginning because it did it did affect me a lot um, just because I definitely have always been the person that I've wanted to please everybody. I always wanted to impress people. I've always wanted everybody to like me. And, uh, <clears throat> when I started to see the first couple of people just not liking me, I had a problem with it. Like I got like, you know, it almost even kept me up at night sometimes. Cause I was like, well, you know, why does this person think I'm a jerk? Why does this person think that whatever, you know? And I just couldn't understand it. And then, cause I thought I was the best, But no, but then I was just like, I just, I don't know. And then I kind of got to the point, you know, just you become, become almost numb to it now that all you get so much criticism all the time and not even that much. I mean, my videos get like four or five dislikes out of like, and I get like 2,000 likes or 3,000 likes or something for videos. So like in terms of like YouTube and the general world out there, like you guys are overwhelmingly positive. But, you know, with just having such a large crowd, you do get probably like four or five negative comments every video, you know, a few dislikes. And, you know, I always read it and I try to, tr- I try to take the constructive criticism out of it and the stuff that's going to try to help me in my life or my game. Because anytime, you know, people are saying like, Oh no, you shouldn't say this, or I'm doing this wrong. You can learn from everything, but also at the same time, there's comments that are just there to hurt you, you know? And so when you read that, you just kind of, you got to ignore it. And it's so hard. It's so much easier said than done, but Hearing and watching and looking at other people that I admire and my idols, you know, that I really look up to, whether it's athletes or just other people in the social media world or whoever, and to see their comment sections and it gets really bad there sometimes makes me feel like, look, if my idols are getting negative comments, you know, and I'm starting to get negative comments, I must be doing something right. It really is like that as long as it doesn't turn into overwhelmingly negative and more people are starting to hate on me. And critique me, or I'm hearing a lot of the same stuff over and over again. Then I might listen to it and be like, okay. But again, it's all constructive. If I'm getting a lot of people saying like the same stuff about how my training is terrible, then I'm going to go, okay, maybe I should adjust my training to work on what a lot of these people are saying. So, I think you can always take something out of it. Let's see what else we got. What else we got? What is my body fat percentage? I haven't got it. This is just me throwing it out there, but I'm going to say like nine or 10% from a body fat. Um, no idea though, could be higher or lower. Can you trial for a pro team during college? Uh, yes, you can trial for a pro team. You can trial for a pro team whenever you want, but you can't sign with an agent. You can't have an agent buy you anything. You can't really even talk to the scouts and you can't sign a contract while you're in college. If you do that it voids your um, eligibility to play in college what do i think is my best attribute as a player i think my best attribute as a player is probably my i would say my athleticism to be honest i mean i wish it like it, it definitely is very american to say that but i'd be lying if i didn't like even at this ax soccer combine it was like everybody get on the line and we did multiple sprints to find who was the fastest person at this combine out of everybody. And I got like second, you know? And I, had, I haven't done sprint training or anything in, since I was like 22 or 21. So like that, you know, I've always had a, a very athletic frame, athletic body. And with my workouts that I did as a kid from like 12 all the way up until 21, I set myself up to be very athletic and strong. So I think athleticism is something that is one of my best attributes, as well as I would say um, just willingness willingness to get forward and like my endurance and like my dribbling. Anytime I feel like going up the line dribbling, I'm very effective and good at that. Even though it's not creative, I don't do that many moves, but it's very effective. So I think that's one of my strengths as well. And one V one defending. I'm, I just go off and list everything that I like about myself. No, I think those three things though are definitely one of my best my best attributes. How to get rid of frequent ankle ankle, ankle, ankle sprains. Um, ankle sprains, are they're shitty. They suck. I, I suffered a lot um, with St. Louis and in New Zealand with ankle sprains. And the problem is once you get one, you're more likely to get another one because your tendons get stretched, they get weak. And then you start taping up and then your tendons get used to the support. And then anytime you're not taped up the right way or not taped up at all, it's very likely to sprain it. So you have to do a ton of rehab strengthening work, you know, band work of your twisting your foot out to strengthen that type of tendon. Um, Calf raises and you're doing a ton of stability work, a ton of landing mechanics to all strengthen up the stabilizers and the tendons in that ankle so that it doesn't happen again, but it takes a long time. And my recommendation is to start taping it tight, start taping it up and then gradually loosen up the tape and loosen up the tape until you just have a very light taping so that you can strengthen gradually those tendons up again. But it sucks. What do coaches mean when they say they want to see more creativity? So I'll tell you exactly. So let's say uh, in my trial, my, the coaches basically, they ca- kind of went more in depth about what they meant by that as well. Great feedback from those coaches. I was really, really thankful for how honest and direct and as well as the feedback they gave me. It was really, really cool to hear. But basically, it's like unpredictability. Like for me, anytime I get the ball on the wing, I start to go up one of you one against the guy. I pretty much either dip in and push the ball out or I dip out and I push the ball in. And usually with my speed and my athleticism, that works. But they want to see a little bit more stuff of like dipping in, going down the line, cutting it back. They want to see more stuff of, you know, if you watch uh, like Dani Alves play or Marcelo, like those are very, very creative players. And you don't have to be doing sombreros and crazy moves and elasticos and all this crazy stuff, but not just every single time you get the ball, dip the shoulder in and push it down the line. Because they even said, it's like, yeah, this might work here at the invite only combine, but is it going to be as effective in the, in the actual USL with better defenders and more experienced outside backs? So, I mean, I can completely see what he saw, like what he meant with that. So, I mean, that was good feedback, but that's what he meant kind of like with creativity. Hey, I saw him become elite that you committed to play in college. Congratulations. What level did you play at before? Was it in high school or club? I th- <laughs> yeah, I committed to play in college like like eight years ago. <laughs> I played division one college soccer at UC Davis for four years. I had a great career. Um, I played striker there actually, and I had like 17 goals over my career and like four or five assists. And then in high school, the question is, what level did you play at beforehand in high school or club? So I just played, I didn't play development academy. I didn't play ODP. I just played for my local club team. It was decent. I think we're like always second or third in the state of Oregon. And then in high school, I just played for one of the bigger high schools in the state of or in the city of Portland, Lincoln. And I just played varsity. Like I talked a little bit about this. How can you make training less boring? I would oh, I would suggest either adding more people and playing more games and doing competitions or incorporating new drills. And so I, if you go to my channel, my YouTube channel, I have so many drills. So just go, just pick, just choose the best ones from that. But the more creativity that you show in your training sessions, like different stuff, I think that makes it a little bit more exciting. How, let's see, what's a good one? Would you like to become a manager or go into coaching after you retire? After I retire, I don't I just can't I don't want to be like a professional coach or GM or do that. Like that doesn't interest me. I don't definitely don't want to be an agent or a scout. What interests me a lot, like I could definitely see me coaching for a collegiate or a high school team. I think that'd be really, really fun and rewarding. As well as mainly I want to have my training facility And focus on the development of players, and really look at all parts of their game from their training, and work on do one v one coaching or small group sessions, as well as work on their their diet and nutrition, work on their athleticism in the gym, and get them stronger, and then work on their fitness, and basically take like this athlete and give them this full routine like every single day, and bring them in like three or four times a week, and really help them him or her. Get up to the next level, whether that's to play varsity college or varsity soccer or college soccer or professionally just to take over like their life pretty much and help them improve. Does the level of club soccer you play for as a youth determine whether you play D1 soccer or get a good pro contract? No, absolutely not. I mean, yeah, it helps. But like for me, I never played development academy. I was on the B team until I was like 16 or 17. And then when I was like going to play, try to play D1 all the parents of the A team, I remember were talking and they'd be like, Hey, that's the kid. that's the B team player that thinks he can play D one. So don't, don't think that that is going to determine it. And I think with hard work, you can always push up and improve. Um, but having said that, you know, I always say that you have to be self-aware and be realistic. But at the same time, if you really believe in something and really, really believe that you're at the level for the next level, like I when I was on the B team, I was easily the best player on the team. And I thought I, easily could have been on the a team and when i was playing you know when the a team when they would need me to come up and i would guess play with them i would go and score a hat trick and we'd win four to zero and i'd get three goals of those four but then i get pushed right back down the b team so like for me that was telling me like i'm good enough to play on the a team If i'm good enough to play on the a team i think i'm good enough to play d1 college soccer so that made sense in my head and i went for it and it ended up working out but yeah i right, I'm gonna do a few more questions and then sign off. Um, I'm so tired, it's 8.30, pretty much, and I need to go to bed. Uh, let's see. Favorite 1v1 move, I'm body faint, that's all I do. Just body faints. just use your body. Dip in, go out, dip out, cut in. Let's see. One more. We'll do one more good question. Or oh, Armando. Armando's in the chat. What's up, Armando? Oh, this this is the one I'll end on right here. Is it easier to go pro in Europe in any division or is it easier going into the MLS? Well, first off, in any division, do you mean like any lower di- division? Well, I'm going to do this. I get this question a lot. Like, what's Where is it easier to go pro? Where is it going to be easier for me? If that's your mentality about looking about where it's going to be easier for you to go pro, then that's, you're not going to like, that's just not the mentality that you have. Like, I mean, if you're looking for the easiest route there, it doesn't exist. Anytime that there's money being given to players to play soccer, you're going to find high level of competition there everywhere. Whether you go to Israel, whether you go to England, whether you go to Germany or Estonia or Lithuania or the U S or Canada. Or Thailand or Australia anytime there's money given to players to play soccer you're going to find a high level of competition there always always there might there might be slight differences with the styles of play or what you think you know fits your game but it's going to be very similar when I played you know over in Germany and fought to get a contract over there and when I played over in the U.S. and I played down in New Zealand the level of competition to play at these these levels is very similar there's this high level. Of course, you know, maybe the USL being a more professional league than I was playing in Germany and New Zealand, the level of, of play was higher. But, you know, it's not like it was ton easier over in any other league. It's very difficult. There's very good players everywhere. So I'm going to go. Thank you. This was the Against All Odds podcast as well as an Instagram Live. I'm not going to save the Instagram Live because I want you guys to watch the podcast or listen to it however you do it. Thank you very much. I'm signing off. Have a good day. Peace out.